Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Just keeps getting weirder and weirder. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me at your next event. You know I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? Let me entertain you. Today on the program, I got Shad Story. He is a country music singer out of Texas, and that's about all I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to get to hear more in the next few minutes. Shad Story. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to him. <laughs> this week's shows, I have my one public show, my faithful Friday night at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. The video dance party karaoke jam. Yes, I said karaoke. It's a little concert starring each and every one of you. You get to be the star of the show for at least a few minutes. If you sing in the shower, if you sing in the car, you could sing on stage at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Friday night. 8 p.m. until 12.30 in the ham. They get a full bar, kitchens open, pool tables. They got a pool tournament on Friday night. So if you want to try your hand at playing pool and possibly make some money while you're doing it, while you're waiting to sing on stage right next to me, come on out to the Rab, Conway, Arkansas. Oh, yeah, we got dancing, too. That's right. You know, if you come up and you ask me for a song, I'll probably play it. I'm a nice guy. I don't bite hard. <laughs> All right, that's the Rab on Friday night, 8 p.m. until 12.30 in the AM in Conway, Arkansas. And then Saturday, Saturday, I usually save that for weddings and parties and events, private events and stuff and, and uh, corporate events. But I think this Saturday, hey, I got an open day. So I'll probably be end up, I'll probably end up doing some honeydew jobs, something around the house, some yard work or what have you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a trip to the supermarket yay exciting hey if you want to hire me for a gig on saturday night uh, i'll be happy to come on out <laughs> anywhere in the conway arkansas area all right that's it for the introduction let's get into it with shad story i got him on skype so if you're listening to the audio version check out the video version on my youtube page youtube.com forward slash user forward slash keys dan skyping shad story now there it is now cook on playing that all. Well, I knew he was good looking, but I didn't know he was this good looking. Shad story in full effect. What's up, man? All not much. Well, for those Enjoying people, that, a couple days off. Oh, I like a couple days off, man. Not too many days off, though. I mean, we got creators got to got to create. People uh, that love being on stage just want to be on stage all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I just gotta watch it, you know. Oh. 
There's only so many notes you can hit in a week before that old voice goes out. At least mine does. And I got just got back from doing some shows in Missouri and Fort Worth. I'm going next week to Florida. Well, I was like a chicken in my head call. Here, let me get lower. I'd see it. <laughs> Well, for those people that are listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version because uh, we caught uh, we caught the belly, the belly of the man that I'm speaking to. And uh, yeah, it's got a lot bigger since I got sober. Well, what's the T-shirt say? It's a uh, celebrate diversity. Bunch okay, of guitars on it. Different guitars. All right, my my man, Shad Story, Mister Musician, uh, guitar man. Uh, do you find yourself buying lots of guitars, whether you need them or not? Not really. Uh, I got my one Martin that I play at all my shows, and I keep a backup Takamani. I just when I got a guitar I like, I just stick to it. You know, I, I'm balling on budget, so I can't really just be going out spending money on guitars. But my thing about it is, you can only play one. Well, I've been told that Martin and Taylor are the are the two uh, great acoustic guitars. If you, if you're you're either going to have one or the other, uh, people, uh, you know, if you're you're in the Martin camp, you usually don't like the Taylor so much. Some people like both. Uh, what, what kind of guitars have you have you played in the past that that uh, really tickled your fancy? I've I've owned both a Taylor and a Martin, and I love both of them. The only issue I got with Taylor is they're a long electronics or subpar. I think, but if you get an acoustic tailor and put like a LR bags or a Fishman pickup in it, they sound incredible. That's fantastic. But I, I converted to Martin once I got my Martin. It's it's not. I love it. Well, I want to give a shout out to your girl Taylor Blanco. She uh, set uh, set up your Skype for you, and that's working out really nice. The sound quality it's better than I expected it would be. You're hanging out in your backyard. I hear a little bit of you know maybe traffic noise or or birds flying by or what have you. But, but it's my AC vent. I'm I'm out here north of Dallas, and it's a brisk 106 degrees today. <laughs> You know the the weatherman. Whenever he comes up with it's it's ninety nine degrees, but it's gonna feel like one hundred and seven. It's one hundred and seven, man. Just just uh, cut out that that bull that it's uh, ninety nine degrees because it feels like one hundred and seven. It's one hundred and seven. It has been hot, man. People with this global warming thing, I I, I think it might be true uh, until of course the winter time, and then it's cold, cold, cold. As you had in Texas, you guys had that cold streak the, the just last year. Over the last couple of years, that uh, that blew out your your uh, electricity for the first time in a long time. That's crazy. Yeah, thankfully at that time I was living in Florida. I I hate the cold. I lived in Ohio for a little bit when I worked a day job, and I swore I'd never do that again. Man, I'm born and raised in Miami in the Florida Keys, which is where Keys Dan came from. And, and boy, you know, I married a hillbilly and uh, followed her all the way up here to arkansas and, and it's a good thing I, I enjoy it i mean i miss the blue of the ocean but here i have the green of arkansas it's quite a change man what part of florida were you in i was in a uh, panama city beach i moved there i used to play for tootsies in nashville before covid happened and then when covid happened you know nashville stayed shut down for a long time and tootsies had a bar in florida they were sending me and my brother to it the time well, the last time they sent us there i just got a bunch of gigs in panama moved. well okay i know we're kind of moving around a little bit and when you first sat down you said uh things changed since you stopped drinking but if i read your blurb on your face on your no not drinking oh oh okay all right all right well i, I read your blurb on your uh on your website uh shad story 
shadstorymusic.com and i encourage everybody to to uh uh, head on over there and visit and find out more about the man and check out the pictures i mean you uh, seem like you're wild on stage the blurb is somewhere between a drunken fool and a poetic genius uh, shad story has played thousands of honky-tonks and never fails to put on one hell of a show shad story has played all across the united states and is currently based out of dfw dallas fort worth tejas El Tejas, yeehaw. The stars that night are big and bright. Yes, sir. I, I like to tie one on. I like to put on a good show. Uh, I'm at that point in my music career where I'm not I'm not famous or anything like that. I ain't doing stadiums. I'm playing bars. And when I play a bar, uh, I like bars to call me back. And I notice they call me back when they make a bunch of money. And they make a bunch of money when I get a bunch of people to drink. Well, that, that's a just it. That's just it. If you, judging by the pictures that you have on your website, I can tell you give a show. You're not just out there to play a guitar and strum, uh, la la, and just do a little thing. You probably tell a story. You probably uh, shoot the breeze with the people, pick people out of crowds. You might have a little comedy show. Am I reading that right? I know a picture tells a thousand words, but I want uh, Shad Story to give me a few hundred words at least. Yeah, I try to. I try to incorporate a little bit of that. Everybody tells me I got in the wrong business and I should have been a comedian, which I don't know. I think I think playing music, comedy, all that stuff similar. You're just telling stories about your life. I try to do that with my songs, and I try to do that with my, my banter on stage. I'm sorry, that sun's brighter than hell. <laughs> Well, if I had, I had uh, there's a door right there at the studio that I'm pointing at. And if that door was open, there is a window that just at the right time of the day, right about now, right about seven o'clock, the sun just starts beating down uh, from that window. So I'm so glad that I remembered to close that door before I sat down in this chair <laughs> and talked. To- I got my old lady holding the flower pot right now or the sun's out of the way. Well, let me get, give you a little secret. Pro- it's It's probably better you don't call her old lady. <laughs> even even when she's old <laughs> oh she ain't old you know how it is being from arkansas i just grew up talking like that now okay i did see that you're from jonesboro arkansas and i guess that's the northeast part of arkansas if i'm not mistaken yes sir uh, uh my family's from mountain view but as you know there ain't a lot of work up there unless you want to cut trees raise chickens or cook meth <laughs> my folks like to sleep they're allergic to poison ivy and they hate smell chicken shit so well my wife's from uh from jasper and harrison uh she was born in jasper if i'm not mistaken or no she was born in harrison lived in jasper for a while so that's that's kind of interesting country up there to grow up in tell me what what you th- thought of it i mean did you did you happen to get involved with any of that meth cooking or any of that trouble or uh did you were you able to steer clear uh i didn't cook it but uh there for a long time i was a taste tester that's why i told you i got sober and i got fat uh, i've been i've been clean for a year now thankfully uh i'm my writing, if you listen to any of my originals, uh, it reflects that. I'm very honest about it. I've, I've caught in some flack for it because I'm very open about what I did, what I've done, what I do. But well, if I, tell- I wanted to lay a liar, I wouldn't be in country music. Well, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm looking for, for music from you. I was looking for you know, some, some songs that you had. And the YouTube, it seems like it ended seven, it started and ended uh, seven years ago, back in 2014. And a lot of that is you sitting in front of a, a, a you know, some kind of a wall, maybe in a room. 
and just playing your guitar and just these are like well, those the, are actually uh those are old covers i did a record with my brother uh what was it last year uh it's called the story boys mm-hmm. the album's called patterns and uh we did that together we just recently split up uh he wanted to do his thing i want to do my thing so we went our separate ways but uh we did that record, and it's got seven originals and three covers on it. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Amazon. I think Apple Music, too, but I ain't sure. You can't tell I ain't real tech savvy. Well, I was looking for links from your from your website because I like to steer everybody. If, if someone takes the time out to build a website uh, such as yours, I mean, it looks really nice. Uh, there's a place to to listen and find some some songs there but i i wish you had your merch oh you do have your merch on there uh easy yeah to like find. i said it was very recent me and my brother split up and yeah. we had all kinds of merch for story boys mm-hmm. and i'm just kind of starting over from scratch right now to be honest with you so we got some koozies we're working on uh i just hit a thousand likes yesterday on my facebook page all so right. uh i think next week we're gonna do come up with a couple shirt designs and let people vote on them whichever one wins we're gonna do a run of a thousand shirts well that's fantastic man and you said you broke up with your brother uh that you broke up the team but well ken they really never break up okay there's always a chance you guys will come b- back together and play maybe uh you'll open for each other and then jam at the end uh who's got to figure out uh who's going to do the opening act and and who's going to be the second act but uh I'm well, sure you're actually, go back uh, and forth. we're actually doing a gig together this friday at okay. uh filthy mcnash's saloon and the stockyards from two to six well okay i, I guess i'm a prophet there. yeah i guess i'm a prophet and, uh, I, I figured out you you you, you really never break up it's your brother <laughs> no and me and him i mean we had a little spat but it was more of uh may not getting along with management <laughs> okay uh, well that's a tough thing man all right but uh i mean let's go back to to the uh the building blocks of you uh jonesboro and and mounted home and the like uh, when you're growing up, I mean, are you getting into, uh, when, are you, are, when you're in school and did you go to school in Mountain Home or Jonesboro? And I went to Jonesboro. I went to Westside. Uh, I graduated in 11 and I know it's hard to believe I was a super nerd. Uh, all state quiz bowl, 3.8 GPA, full ride scholarship. Uh, and then I went to college and all of a sudden I got good enough to get a guitar to get laid and I just quit going to class. Well, isn't that the reason that guy, that heterosexual guys, uh, will learn how to play guitar to get the ladies, get the girls? Uh, you know, no, I know, I actually, yeah, I actually learned, uh, when I was 15, my parents caught me smoking pot and, uh, grounded me for a month. And my dad played. My dad got offered a record deal when he was 22, I think, and turned it down. Wow. So I grew up with him playing. He'd play songs with me and my brother before we went to sleep every night when he was little kids. Uh, he showed me three chords, and I was locked in my room for a month, and I just played. Once I figured out those three, I, every day I'd go to school, I'd take my guitar, and my ag teacher had a band. He would show me stuff on guitar, and I would... During lunch, I'd go to the ag shop and practice. When I got done with my classwork, I'd go to the ag shop and practice. And about the time I got into college, I started getting good enough people quit laughing at me and started telling me I needed to do it for a living. Well, sad story. Your dad's a professional musician, or he was, or is? No, he wasn't. He actually uh, did a random show at the King of Clubs in Swifton. 
it's burnt down now, but uh, he did the show back there in the 90s, and some guy from RCA was in there and asked him to come out in Nashville and record, and the owner of the King of Clubs talked him out of it. Dad, my dad don't like people. Okay. He, well, he's one of the Mozart types. He don't like crowds. He don't like a bunch of people. I know that I have my wife has kin up in that area, and I feel you. Her dad, her biological dad, was pretty much a hermit, as far as I know. I never met the man, and I married his daughter. I never met the man, and I wanted to, but it was it never it, it, you know the time never came, and it was uh it's an interesting uh, type of people up there, and I, I you know hey like like it or hate it, but there's people all over this world. And they all have their own their own ideas, but we're all pretty much the same. We all want uh, you know food on the plate and and money in the pocket and roof over our heads. Uh, and sometimes you just want to be left alone. <laughs> yeah, and that's I get that. It's weird. I love playing music. I love uh-huh. I love my fans. I love people come out shows. But if I ain't on stage with a guitar, I'm the same way. I don't I don't leave the house unless I'm going fishing. Yeah, if I, I ain't going to work. I'm either in the house, uh, getting my Willie Nelson on, or fishing. That's all I do. I fish and play music. Well, I mean, that lays down the foundation of country music right there, is uh, hunting and fishing and loving every day and having a good time outside in the outdoors. Uh, I'm looking at the house, and, and you're saying that the only noise is from the air conditioner, and I, I'm, I don't hear any other noise. Are you far away from people in your house? Or are you living? No, we amongst- live in uh we live about thirty minutes outside Dallas and Anna. We live in a little subdivision, but it's pretty quiet. I like it. It's close enough town that I can go do my gigs. And I'm also twenty minutes from Red River. Yeah. So I it's a quick hop drive for me to go fish there and I'm twenty minutes from Lake Levon. I'm thirty minutes from what's that, Lake Louisville? Yeah. Well, I lived in Conway, Arkansas for a while, the hop, skip, and a jump from, from Little Rock, and then I moved out to uh, uh, to a smaller 500-strong uh, f- uh, Holland, you know, Arkansas. Really, really small and and, and quiet, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a city mouse. I, I like being amongst people, but my, my wife's a country mouse, so guess where I'm living? In the country. You know, but uh, I, I like it. It's quiet. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, man. but we got plenty of. You know, we got, we got this little piece of land that that her dad gave us, and I, I, I I'm enjoying the the home that we're making. And I, I see that you you have a nice lady there that that's been helping you along. She's not only your girl, but she's also your your manager, and she's looking out after you. She sent me a message this morning, and you know, making sure that sure that everything was was uh was in line for this podcast so it's nice to have that in your corner you said that you and your brother had a problem with management i'm guessing that's not the same manager no no we had a guy managing us uh i'm gonna leave it at that we didn't agree on a lot of things and then she stepped up the plate and did it because i i'll be honest with you i'm if i don't have a guitar in my hands i don't need to talk to people i'm nervous as hell doing this interview i'd well, my goodness, I just heard it on a podcast today. Uh, you know, Malcolm Gladwell did this podcast with Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney had a guitar in his hand for the most, most of the time because that's the way you live. If you're most comfortable with a guitar in your hand, put a guitar in your hand. Where's your Martin at, man? Go get it. It's actually in the shop right now. I, okay. had to, I just got back from doing a run in Missouri and then had to go back to Fort Worth. And I guess on the way back from Missouri, 
it got hot in my car and the binding's coming undone. So I got a luthier gluing it back together for me before I go back on the road to Florida. Well, it's nice to have guitar techs out there. I had a Spanish guitar that my grandma gave me, and I took it to the local uh, music store. Used to be Jack's, and and now and then it turned into Palmer's Music. And and Ryan back there, who's also a musician, he put that thing back together, good as new. Very, you know, very nice uh, to have somebody who who has those skills putting guitars together. Are you able to string your own guitars and tune them up yourself? I mean, I string them and tune them myself. I, I can do everything but, like, neck adjustments and then hardcore luthier work. But, like, stringing it up, and I can really, I can set my intonation. I get lazy about it, and I usually send somebody to do it just because I don't want to screw it up, you know. If they screw it up, I get a new guitar. If I screw it up, I'm just out of guitar. Well, I mean, you, you've you said several times that you're not tech savvy, uh, that you're less than, uh, sometimes you, you kind of lead that you're less than smart. But my man, you know, a lot of people make fun uh, of the uh, the accent uh, that we have here in Arkansas. Yeah, mine's, I, I've drilled it out of myself going to broadcast school uh, where I have kind of a middle american accent but you my man you went all the way you had a 3.8 gpa you went to college what did you go to college for uh i was a ag business major that is good to have business in your pocket man i i've told people that when they're in the music business think think about that business you didn't want to your dad didn't want to sign with that record label uh he got talked out of it pretty easily it seems like if you don't know business you can get eaten alive in this thing we call show well i'll tell you i'll be honest with you i didn't i didn't learn a damn thing in college okay uh, i think that was the biggest waste of money that anyone could ever do i ended up getting a job in ag business after i dropped out making more money than anybody who graduated from my class doing uh fumigation work were you up in the red so, wolves or what 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 school did you end up yes in? i was i went to arkansas state was for it was a, year, it, it, a year and a half and i say i majored in ag business but i really majored in evan williams green label and cocaine okay okay <laughs> i mean and that leads you right into the music business uh it, yeah it, it, <laughs> i dropped out of college and then i worked for a while and then i moved to nashville and i was 20 with a uh, 200 bucks and a guitar and spent a year homeless playing on the street yeah and then uh, Jamie Johnson's old league guitar player, Wade Battle, heard me playing on the street, got me a gig at George Strait's manager's bar, and I played there for a while. And you know how it is. You go from 20 and homeless to 21, making two grand a week. You think you might arrive. I let it get to my head, lost my gigs, went back home, got a day job, and realized I hated myself and went back at it, and I've been at it ever since. Well, sad story. You're saying you know how it is. No, I don't know how it is. Uh, I, 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 I think the most I went homeless uh, living uh, between uh, an, uh, between apartments. I think I was homeless for about two or three days, and that was enough, you know, living in my van. But I, I you know, go going from zero to two thousand a week. Uh, not a lot of people know that. And I've talked to football players that get into the NFL. You know, maybe from uh, well, shoot, I, I talked to uh, 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 Clint Sterner. You know, uh, our, our Arkansas Razorback. Uh, we All used to time have, leading uh, yeah. quarterback in passing yards at the University of Arkansas. Oh, yeah, we used to have a, a radio show together down in, in Little Rock. And, and you know, I, 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 I used to run the board for him and, and, uh, and his compadre. But, uh, man, talking to him. And all the football players that used to come into the into the room and they'd make tens of thousands every week 
And it's scary, man. These kids go from zero living, you know, in a slum in a, in a less than perfect home and go into thousands of dollars a week. It, it, it you know, for a 20 year old kid. Yeah. It could be, it, it could be devastating if you don't know how to handle your money. I, I got in a motorcycle wreck when I was 17 and I got a settlement and all that money got blown real quick. I was 17. I was 18. Come on. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. I went and I, I was homeless for a year. I would, uh, I say homeless. I'd play on the street and I'd make enough money to get a hotel most nights or I'd go home with some girl who thought I was going to be a superstar one day when they heard me play, you know. But uh, then I started making all that money and somehow I was making 2000 a week and I could barely afford the 300 a month because I was paying to rent a couch from somebody. Wow. Because I just... I thought I was about to be famous in a month or two because I was like, there's no way I'm making this much money that fast and I'm not going to blow up. Well, see, that's where you need guidance. Sometimes you do need, do need management, even if it's if your mom or your dad uh, that's helping you out. I mean, what were they thinking uh, when you left? And, and I, I encourage kids when they're 20, uh, in their 20s, to go and do whatever you want. You, you're still made of rubber. You know, you got Wolverine powers. If you fall, you're going to heal for the most part. You know, by the time you're 30, you better know what you want to do for, for the rest of your life. But in your 20s, do what you did, man. You want to go to Nashville? Do it, man. My mother wasn't very pleased with it. Uh, she had visions of me being a doctor or a lawyer or something, you know. And she's real religious. I grew up uh, in a fundamentalist Baptist church. I actually went to seminary school when I was 13 for a year. And then I was going to play at Honky Tonks, and she told me uh, she was less than happy about it. I won't say exactly what she said, but she was not pleased. But uh, my dad was cool with it. He was like, I think you're an idiot, but he'll figure it out. And he, he figured I'd be able to figure out something where I could work in that business and be successful. And, I don't know. You know, everybody defines success in different ways, but I'm able to pay my rent, doing what I love every day. If I can do that, I'm going to keep doing it until the wheels fall off. I just uh, just got done touring with uh, Billy Don Burns. He's in his 70s right now, and he just had a renaissance of his career. Now he's got Cody Jenks and Coulter Wall, all these guys recording this stuff, and I remember when nobody knew who he was outside of Stone County, Arkansas. See, and you never know, man. You start you 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 have this superpower that you can write your own songs, write write down what you feel. But you're talking about your mom. Uh, it was a pretty it, it was a culture shock moving here from from Miami, from South Florida. You know, when I moved here, I realized pretty quick I was in one of the notches of the Bible Belt for sure. Uh, re- religion is a way of life around here. Sorry about that. My phone overheated. Now, that's pretty funny. I'm going to leave that part in. You know, <laughs> for sure, man. That's fantastic. Well, you've changed venues. It's 106 degrees outside. It's hot. Well, yeah, you've changed venues. You you went inside where you're definitely a smarter idea living in the heart of Texas, man. <laughs> yeah, my, my girlfriend wanted me to go outside. The house is kind of a wreck right now, so we didn't have any well, I want everybody to see all the Dr. Pepper boxes in here. Well, I don't. I'm not seeing any t- Dr. Pepper boxes. You're you're telling stories out of school because all I'm seeing is this nice background behind you. <laughs> don't 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 show everybody. No, don't show everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's the uh, the magic of uh, of videos uh, of movies. 
<laughs> All right, my man. Well, when we were when we got cut off, uh, we were talking about uh, you know your mom. When I first moved here from from Miami, from South Florida, uh, I realized that I have moved to a notch of the Bible Belt. Religion is a way of life here. There's churches on every every corner in some towns. I mean, even the small towns. I'm here in in Holland. There's a there's at least two churches that I know of, probably three. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. They always say in Jonesboro, the only things they're being built is another church and bank. Yeah, and it's like where I grew up, where my family's from, in Mountain View. There's only two thousand people there, but there's like twenty banks and thirty churches. Now, why would you think that? Okay, does uh, all right, the banking industry. Tell tell me what your view is on how come a bank uh, comes up, or is it the churches are making so much money they gotta put them into the bank? With I'm trying to make the correlation here. I have no idea. That's uh that's something above my pay grade because <laughs> I figure that's an awful that's an awful poor town to have that many banks in it. I don't see that many rich folks there. Well, I mean, being from Miami, yeah. Mountain View is a retiree town. They got a lot of retired folks there. I figure that might have something to do with it. And then farm loans are a big thing, you know. So that may be it. That's all I can think of. Well, growing up in the 80s in Miami, it used to be a real sleepy town back in the 70s. But then uh, the Mariolitos came over and the cocaine in the 80s. And that's where the banks all started coming up. And, and, uh, you know, I guess it was uh, funneling. Uh, allegedly funneling uh, drug money through the banks, right? I mean, I guess, but I, I don't know why a bank would open up in a small town. Uh, yeah, you know. I kind of envy you on that. You got to experience cocaine before they put fentanyl in it. <laughs> it was pure, man. Pure. Tony Montana. Yeah, you know, I was, I was there. I was only a, a you know, preteen. Uh, by 1980, uh, born in '69, I was 11 when the when that started really happening. But uh, my goodness, it was an interesting time to grow up for sure. Uh, but um, you you had your own trials and tribulations. What made you get off of that thing? What was your low? What made you say no more of that? I was playing a show in uh, Panama City Beach for Tootsie's, and I didn't get off then, but I started trying to. Uh, I've been up. Eight or nine days, I was on mess pretty bad, and I started hallucinating that I had bugs crawling on me while I was on stage in front of about 300 people fronting a band. And uh, I kept it together. Uh, I just kept telling myself, hey, man, you're high. Get through the show. And that happened, and I realized this. I thought I had it under control, and that's when I realized I didn't. And then uh, anybody who's ever been on that will tell you that's a, that's a hard habit to kick. And it took me a while. Uh, my girlfriend's probably the biggest reason I've been able to stay clean now, if I'm telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she keeps me kind of level-headed. And well, how, how long have you been with that girl? About a year. A little over a year. Okay, so she definitely was instrumental. If you, You've been off it for a year. You found yourself a nice lady, some good support, a nice system. Uh, that's going to help you uh, keep on the straight and narrow. But I mean, ultimately, it's got to be for you. You you're the one that's got to take the the time out to to get off of that. I I know I've known so many people that have been tied, uh, you know, taken by drugs. Really, it be, they become other people. You know, uh, you know, real, people that are real close to me. And I, I'm so glad that uh, that you took the time to to get off of it. And that's and that cool. thing is like when you. When you want to get off of it, the only way you will is if you get away from it. Yeah. Uh, 
I tried to just get off of it and stay in the same area around the same people where I could get it and I had easy access to it and I never could stay clean. Well, and then, I, uh, there's only so long you could stay a kid. And, and I know, uh, hey, uh, rock and roll and, and music in general, uh, you know, you, you get the jazz cigarettes and that kind of thing. It, it's, it's a part of it. You know, sex and drugs and rock and roll. That's, that's been a, a, a story uh, since the 50s, I guess. Uh, but even before that, uh, there was always jazz cigarettes, uh, what they call uh, marijuana. Well, I still, I still smoke them jazz cigarettes. Okay. I've noticed all my heroes are dead except for Willie Nelson. I figure there's something to that. <laughs> yeah, how is Keith Richards still alive, man? Uh, better living through chemistry, right? I guess so. But, but I, no, I, uh, I'm a firm uh, advocate of marijuana use. Okay. I'm big on that. I'm actually... Uh, before me and my brother split up, we were talking to a dispensary about getting our own strain of weed in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, but, I can uh, see it called the uh, the stories. Uh, <laughs> what, what would you call it? We were gonna call it uh, Ike Brown Holler OG. It was a track off the album we did. Ike Brown Holler is a place on our farm. Like I said, my family's from Mountain View. We got about. 600 acres up there and uh that's what i grew up doing we had a cattle farm uh so i grew up you know cutting calf balls giving shots and dehorning take some tents that's some pretty country up there i've done weddings up there in mountain view and um uh, do you still have that that land in your family it's still in the family my great granny's in her 90s my grandpa's in his mid 70s and he still goes out and feeds every day and i come in this is the first year I come in to work in the hay, but I usually come in every fall when we work cows and give them their shots and uh, cut them and all that good stuff. I'll probably be in, what is it, it's about to be September, probably next month I'll have to go up there and do some work. Well, I mean, like I said, with your brother, you say you split up. There's nothing as important as family. Uh, Gene Hackman said it best in, in their version of the OK Corral. I remember he said family's, family's important, right? That, that's the most important thing. They're the ones that are going to back you up more often than not is your family. Yeah, and like me and my brother, we're good now. Uh, we're doing a show this Friday, and I think we may do one together in Arizona in a couple weeks. But I don't know. We were on a boat. We were in a tour bus at the time. And <laughs> when you've lived with somebody pretty much your entire life, give or take a year or two, and then you take that and you multiply it times 10 when you get stuck on a 40-foot bus, <laughs> it, uh, it becomes a powder keg. Well, okay. I mean, well, you're talking about touring anyway, going to Arizona. That's, I mean, going uh, anywhere out of your state, anywhere out of a hundred miles away, it's hard on a, on a family, on a relationship. You got your girl there. Is she going to be able to tra travel with you or you're going to leave her behind? She's unable to, she's got a day job right now. Uh, she works with uh, autistic kids. Awesome. And uh, McKinney. She's a behavioral health analyst. I say that right? Behavior analyst. That's what it is. She's got two master's degrees. I don't know how she's so smart and dumb enough to be with me, but here she is. <laughs> Self-deprecating humor. That's fantastic. You know, I, I've talked to some, com some comedians, and I've heard comedians on their podcast. All comedians want to be a rock stars because they all, their ability to tell a joke, you know, as soon as they tell a joke on a special, it's dead. But you... You can sing that same song that you've been singing for 20 years. If, if people love it, they're going to love it now. They're going to love it 10 years from now. They're going to love it 20 years from now. Heck, we're still singing Beethoven songs and stuff from, you know, two or 300 years ago. 
Wouldn't that be great to have the longevity that they have? Shad Story, 200 years from now, they're still singing your songs. That would be cool. There's a back end to that, though. I've uh, I've done shows with like songs off our record that we did that I I didn't like the song. I didn't think anybody else would like it. And then every show I'm getting asked to do it, and it's it's backwards. You know, I kind of envy comedians. I get to do something new every day, and I'm doing these songs. And I I read a deal about Sturgill Simpson. He hates uh, that song that you can have the crown. Hates it. Has to play it every day for the rest of his life. Number one hit, man. You know, that's the problem. And I've heard that from a lot of different artists. They want to try something new, uh, you know, uh, and, and all the the audience, you got 3,000 screaming fans in front of you, and they're play the hits, play the hits. You want to hear something new? No. I want you to play that old-time rock and roll again, you know, or that uh, yeah. that good southern rock. Uh, play Freebird one more time. Freebird. No. I want to try something new. Oh, my right. goodness. I could feel you. I saw, I, I saw a video of uh, Steve Earle at Farm Aid one time. He played like a 90-minute set. Nobody knew who he was in the entire concert. And he went to close with Copperhead Road, and everybody realized who he was. And he just got mad and left. Yeah. I think there, there was a few guys that pulled that on on Saturday Night Live when they were doing their uh, – I can't remember which guy it was, but like the first song – there was two songs on SNL usually when a musical act comes out and they wanted them to play this hit and then this lesser hit. Well, the first one, he played the hit, the number one, but the second one, he played like some song that he had just written that he loved and he was so excited about it. And people were like, huh, did he just play something? I, huh. But sometimes you got to do what you want to do. You know, I, I could tell. It, it, even me as a lowly DJ who's just whose only power is to play Shad Story music at the club, I don't want to play the same party songs all the time. Hey, could you play a line dance? Oh, please, no, please, no. I don't want to play that same cha-cha slide again. I want to go 80s one time. I want to go 90s one time. I want to do country one time, R&B. You want to do different things. Do you f find yourself uh, wanting to play different kinds of music as well? Or you, do you stay in that in that genre of country? I, uh, I like everything. I listen to everything from Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar to Bill Monroe. Uh, I don't want to do rap, but I love rock music. I love bluegrass. I love I love country music, obviously, but I'm actually looking at on my next record, which I'm a little ways away from. You know, that stuff's expensive. I I think the first one we did cost us five grand, and we got a deal. Now, we had some heavy hitters on it. Like, I had uh, my producer uh, produce records for Billy Don Burns. He played lead guitar on Waylon's last record, and he played lead on our record, too. I had Cowboy Eddie Long, uh, Hank Jr. still a guitar player, and Jamie Johnson still a guitar player on it. Uh, Kevin Swine Grant has played bass for everybody from Willie Nelson to Brad Paisley and it still cost me five grand and I paid a quarter of what most people wanted to charge me and that was in Nashville that was in Nashville yes sir and who was that what what uh, studio was that that was Round Room Records with Aaron Rodgers producing it not the quarterback the musician 
good to give credit where credit is due. Give shout outs, especially yeah. especially if they cut a deal for somebody who's who's trying to to get on another level. When you're you know when you're in the music business, when you're in any job really, you you're on different levels. Right now, you're on this level, maybe trying to to get to that next level. You know where where you can get you know instead of uh, three hundred fans, maybe you get three thousand fans, and then you get to that ten thousand fan level. How far do you want to go? Some people stay in the Texas area and make a pretty good living, you know, as a party band, as the uh, the bar band, or do you want to play stadiums all over the world? I don't care to play stadiums. Uh, I do want to play all over. Uh, I like playing. I'll be honest with you. I love playing shithole honky tonks. Yeah. I don't care if they're in West Virginia, California, Scotland. I, I just want to go play. I don't really care about doing a big stadium tour or anything like that. I don't want to get that big. I want to be able to go to Walmart and afford the good eggs. Well, it's kind of tough when you're at Bob's Country Bunker and and you're uh, the band's behind Chicken Wire, like back in, like in the Blues Brothers, and they're throwing bottles at you if they don't like what they hear. Uh, you know, I love those places. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, there's a few of those places here in Arkansas, and I'm sure there's a few in Texas as well. I played a couple of them in Arkansas, and then I played a, I remember, that reminds me, we played this place in West Virginia one time. I had a guy hire me to play guitar for him. He was a good singer, but he couldn't play guitar to save his life, and he didn't know a lot of songs. He had to have the phone clip doing covers and stuff. He didn't really write much. He wrote one song with me. Oh, okay. That was on our record, on mine and my brother's record, but uh, we went in there, and we went in this bar, and there was 40 people in there, and we doubled the teeth in it. When we walked in, I ain't going to name it because I'm hoping they'll book me again. But uh, we started out in there, and they was heckling him bad, giving him hell. We took a break, and I told him, I said, this next set, I'm just going to run it. I'll, I'll cover the show. And I said, if it gets bad, I'm going to yell banana boat. And I got a 38 in my guitar case. I'm going to hold everybody at gunpoint. You're going to get our sound equipment out. We're just going to get out of here with our That's team. the thing, man, is I've been looking for a roadie since 86. Uh, the tear, the, the setting up and the tearing down is the hardest part of the show. And you are able to bring in a guitar and do a whole show. Uh, you know, you, oh, all you I, need do, to- I do the tear down, the setup, everything. I do. That's all me. Yeah. Uh, that's my exercise, really. That's that's about the only workout I do. I, I get a good sweat going whenever I set up and tear down, and then I'm on a bar stool. Well, isn't that the worst part of the show? Is the te- is the uh, the setting up and the tearing down? I mean, I, you know, you get a good PA system, and I've been trying to streamline my whole life. I've been trying to make things smaller and smaller. I gave up my my big turntables, and now I got Pioneer CDJs. You know, that'll it, it tighten it up a little bit. But then I want to buy the big speakers, and that starts getting bigger and bigger. And you know, the light show. I mean, I, when they come to a a, a Shad Story band, is it a, a Shad Story? show is it a big a production with lights and sound or is it stripped down to where it's more intimate it's two big 15 speakers and an old mixer and plugged in bar stool now when i do band shows uh i got some stuff i'm working on right now for next year i'm gonna start doing some band shows some bigger texas acts so they'd back me and then as long as this record i'm gonna be on i'm gonna be on a record with billy don burns supposed to come out he's shopping it right now labels the push it but me cody jenks cuter jennings 
Wade Jennings are all going to be on the record with him. We're hoping when that goes off, it should go number one with Cody on it. I'm hoping that'll help a booking, and I want to do some band shows to help promote that and help set up for me to release my next record. See, that's some heavy hitters right there, man. And that's, I mean, I, I can only imagine that it's you uh, being as personable as you are getting together with people just be nice to folks the music business the music community at least the musician part of it you guys are tight man you guys are, are a big community you you keep pushing each other up there's no re reason to step on necks and and try to cut people down yeah you, you realize who the good guys are and who they ain't you know uh i've been very fortunate uh i got a close relationship with billy on he's been like a a mentor to me and it's crazy because his first band in high school my grandpa played in wow and then i met him years later when i was homeless he was opening up for shooter jennings and we realized we were from the same hometown and we'd been in touch ever since but uh and i've got to i got to play with some amazing people I, my first gig in nashville was a wade battle uh who played lead for jamie johnson wrote that lonesome song ray ray's duke joint cover your eyes and we actually followed Wes Bayless, who's the lead singer of the Steelwoods. I knew him pretty well eight, ten years ago. I've got to meet some amazing people. I've got to share stages with some super talented people. And it's really, it's nice to know when you go to meet these guys and you meet your heroes, they're actually heroes. Now, some of them have been rear ends, <laughs> and I won't name them because I don't like talking bad about folks without them there to defend themselves, but... That shows a lot of character, man. That's good. Well, I'm, I don't like when people talk bad about me behind my back, and I appreciate it when they do it to my face, so I try <laughs> to do the same. <laughs> well, that's good, man. It sounds like you, you've stepped in and you've, you've gotten a hold of uh, the next generation. I mean, literally the next generation. Some of their, some of their fathers were, were uh, huge in the music business, uh, you know, uh, shooter and the like, man, that's, uh, that's fantastic, man, uh, that you, you've gotten a hold of them and you're able to play with them. And, uh, well, Billy Don got a hold of them. They're on his record. Cause Billy Don, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I get to do what I do for a living. Yeah. In fact, that man's a legend. When you get a Willie Nelson cut, you're on a whole other level. <laughs> and the fact that he asked me to be on his record, uh, that was, if nothing else ever comes of this, I'm tickled where my career went. Cause I can say I got to play on an album with one of my biggest heroes. And that's what it's about. I, I don't care to be famous. I don't care to be rich. I just want to contribute to country music in a positive way because I don't like the direction that mainstream country music's going. Oh my goodness! I think that's the pull clip right there. If uh, if you ha if there's a clip of this one that people want to get, that's the one. And you don't want to be rich and famous. Uh, chances are. You're, you're going to get to the next level. If you keep working, you're going to go where you want to go. You're going to head for Arizona and beyond. Now, uh, put a button on it. The Story Brothers have uh, how many albums out there? You, you had the one album at least? We just had the one album. Uh, we were actually getting ready to record the second one, mm -hmm. and then we had the falling out. Uh, but that's I'm still Scott available. Brown Studios right now do the second, my first solo album, and I think my brother's about to come out with another album too. But that, that goes along with the management, the issues I had, he's dealing with now. Okay, so he's still in the same management, I'm guessing, still still dealing with that. But, hey, look, that's twice the power. You're going to put out twice as many songs between the two of you, and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll both push each other up. 
And then you'll come together with shows and you'll do solo shows. And, you know, you're always going to be brothers. That's for that's for sure. Yeah. Is that your only brother? No, I've got two stepbrothers and a half sister. What are they doing? What are they getting up to? Um, uh, oldest stepbrothers, a nurse. Uh, youngest stepbrother just started a job in a factory at Arkansas. And my sister just started her first day at junior high school. Hey, all right. That's great. Fantastic. I, I heard school was just, uh, coming, coming back, uh, in. <laughs> so that's, that's great, man. It sounds like your family's all tight and you you keep in touch with everybody. And, uh, you yeah, know, I try to call everybody every, every two or three days. You're in Dallas. That's a, that's a great place to, to be in the, in the type of music that you want to do. Uh, between Dallas and Nashville, you can do pretty much whatever you want. Yeah, it's it's cool. I have a residency at uh, Filthy McNasty's at the Stockyards right now. And uh, I got to meet a uh, lead singer, Low Down Drifters, a couple weeks ago. He's wanting to get together do some writing. Or he said he wanted to then. I think he's kind of liquored up. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that there's sobered up listening to my record and changed his mind. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's there, there's a record there's places to record yourselves there in Dallas as well. I mean, uh, yeah, I've actually uh, I just did some scratch tracks the other day on some new songs I wrote. Okay, so Scratchy McNasty's that's a residency. I'm at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, every Friday night. Where do you, where when are you at Scratchy McNasty's? Filthy McNasty's. Filthy. I'm there. I'm there this Friday, and then I'm there every Monday that I'm not on the road from nine to one on Mondays. Now that is a nice thing to have in your back pocket. That's as close to a steady job, a steady income that we can hope for in the in the music business. Because uh, I tell people, you know, when they say, "Oh, I want to get in the music business," well, the money can be good, but the work's not steady. It's a hustle. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, some shows we just got back from doing a show in Missouri, and I loved it. I had a ball, it was a great crowd. And- it's a cool venue. I did a campground on a big river in Irondale, Missouri. But after expenses and everything, I think I made 150 bucks. I understand. I did a campground in. I ha- played a show last month in the other side of Missouri and walked out with two thousand dollars. So that's the gamble. That's the that's the hustle that you're you know, and you could still make a living. But how do you budget that way? Hopefully, some of that business degree, some of that business knowledge that you took uh, for that year and a half, uh, you know, in school, uh, stayed with you and you're able to budget your money, but then you got the nice lady. She's got the steady gig too. And that's, that's good to have as well. Uh, but, um, between the two of you, you're building a nice, uh, you're building a nice life together and that's cool. Yeah. We're, we're getting set up. Uh, the way I handle my money is I just give it to my girlfriend and then I tell her, Hey, I want a fishing pole. Hey, I need some pot. And she was like, yeah, we got money for it. No, we don't. <laughs> hey, how's that going in, in uh, Dallas? I know uh, Colorado and California, anything goes. They can pretty much smoke in the streets. I mean, I, I've, I've never smoked marijuana. I like the smell of it, but I just wanted to go ahead and get legalized everywhere and go ahead and get regulated. But uh, how is it going in Texas? Uh, it's it's still a big no-no. Uh, thankfully, I live about 30 minutes from Oklahoma. <laughs> And I may or may not be real good friends with somebody who owns a grow up there and cuts me a deal. Oh, prank call. Prank call. This is not. No, prank call. He's he's wrong. <laughs> I just watched Pulp Fiction again. And, uh, and, and I remember when he's calling his dealer and he says, wait, are you on an open line? Prank call. Prank call. <laughs> but uh, no. Yeah, I, I ain't naming no names, but 
That's I cool. got a buddy who takes care of me up in Oklahoma and cuts me a pretty good deal. You got friends in low places, high places? Nah, you got friends in play- some places. <laughs> I got friends in places. I don't let nobody know where they're at, though. I don't. <laughs> I ain't got bail money for them, so. Well, I mean, I I imagine eventually everything's going to go legal. It has to, man. It just has to. Uh, at least at least marijuana. I mean, if if people are allowed to drink themselves to death, uh, might as well be allowed to smoke as well. You know. Yeah, I've never got arrested after smoking too much pot, but I've gotten handcuffed many times after drinking too much. I suspect you're right. I suspect. All right, my man. Well, I think, uh, well, I've t- taken up a lot of your time. The the um, Story Brothers, you can still find that album out there, and you're about to cut another yeah. album then? Yes, sir. The, the album out now is called Patterns, and the next record is still a little ways away. Uh, we're going to be on a record with Billy Don Burns, though. It should come out in a month or two. It's going to be called I've Seen a Lot of Highway, and then I'm hoping next three to six months i'll come out with my next album fantastic man we're we're really on the ground floor of this solo project of shad story and this is where it all begins and i'm glad to be a that i was able to hear at least a little part of your story i already mentioned that you're at shadstorymusic.com i'll put that in the show notes for sure so people know how to find you but uh you know what are you open to collaborations Uh, if, if people slide into your dms business only if they slide into your DMs, you know what can they talk to you about? I, I play, I play anywhere. If it's about a gig, I'm always open to write with other people. I, I write stuff for myself. I also write uh, what I call mailbox money songs that I wouldn't necessarily cut, but I'll sell to somebody else to cut. Try to get on the radio, make mailbox money. Yeah, tell people uh, what mailbox money is. That's when uh, you write a song and you get those songwriter royalties. You that's, don't have to go out anywhere. They just send you a check in the mail. You're making money in your sleep, man. That, that's the that's a superpower. That's the dream. You know what I that's heard? That's the goal. Right? That's the goal. If I could just write one or two hits. Here's a little hint. A new bass boat. No, here's a little hint, man. Write a Christmas album. If you can write a Christmas song, that's every year it's going to get on the charts. Write a Christmas song. Look at it. Look at that Adam, Adam Sandler writing a Thanksgiving song. Right, writing a turkey song, and that gets played every Thanksgiving. That's the that's the goal, man. If you can write a Shad Story Christmas song, oh oh, I want to hear it. That's money in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, and then I got one I'm trying to uh, pitch to Wheeler Walker right now. That's a little too uh, risque for me to do. I don't. <laughs> My mom's already upset. I don't want her to quit calling me. <laughs> well, that's the stuff that I'll play in the club, you know, and I, I know I'm going to play a Shad Story uh, song or two. I mean, I, I the only videos, I like playing music videos. The only videos I could find was the YouTube videos from seven years ago. You need to update that. Get some new songs yeah, out I, there. I actually don't even, I thought I took those down. Those were just covers I was doing when I, when I first went to Nashville and I was homeless. I came back home in the winter because it's kind of hard to play guitar on the street when it's 20 degrees outside. Mm. So I would come home and work on fence on the farm and I did some recording stuff just putting anything out there trying to get somebody to notice it. And I thought I took it down. I guess I hadn't. Now, the album we didn't have any videos for, but it's got, it's a high end record. It's a professionally done record studio with well, the, badass speakers on it. Well, they could find that on Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Story Boys, S T R E Y B O Y S. 
Fantastic. That's a nice thing. Well, give some shout outs to people that have helped you along the way. You've already talked about some uh, folks that, that have uh, helped you in your recording studio. Uh, give some uh, shout outs to the band that's going to back you up. I guess you're going to go on the road as Shad Story. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm looking to do some stuff with uh, Big Joe Walker here in the near future. He's a Texas artist. He's been real helpful. I mean, Randy Gray's been another guy in Texas that uh, he got me my residency at Filthies. I actually played with him. One of the best guitar players in Fort Worth, maybe Texas. I don't know. He's he's damn good. Uh, Wade Battle helped me get my first gigs. Another guy, uh, Kyle Fields, he's a phenomenal artist. He was the guy who rented me his couch when I was homeless in Nashville. He had a, I think he just released his second album. His first one went to 17 on the charts independently. You can check him out, Kyle Fields. He's a phenomenal artist. He helped me a lot. I already mentioned Billy Don, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, he's gone now. There's a guy in Jonesboro, Arkansas named Chad Sandoval. When I first started out, uh, he would come to my shows and tip me hundreds and hundreds of dollars and kept me from starving for a long time. Never uh, forgotten, man. That's great. Uh, you remember him forever, man. Yeah, I will. He always comes to shows and gives me some awesome weed gummies and tip me about $300. <laughs> Wait, in North Arkansas? No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, I've kept I've kept you a while. I'll I'll definitely. I don't want this to be the last time that we talk. As as time progresses, as things happen, as the new albums, new music comes out, I want you to come back and chit chat with me. We don't have to spend a whole hour. I mean, if you do, if you want to tell stories uh, about uh, your life and what have you, I invite you to come back to the the What Makes oh, You Famous time, podcast. Man. If I ain't playing, I'm I'm down. That's yeah, fantastic, man. It's good to meet you finally. In you know. It, it, I, hopefully one day I'll I'll get down there and meet you in the flesh, or maybe I'll meet well, you I'm up. I'm gonna in- tell you I'm gonna be in Conway uh, September 30th at uh, Crooked Arrow Ranch. My buddy uh, Billy Don is playing there. West Ship. He asked me to come up and do a set there, so I'm gonna be I'll be there September 30th. That's fantastic, man. I hope I can at least come by and uh, maybe even meet you for lunch or something. But that's that's cool. Shad's story. Uh, making the rounds. Uh, find him at a, at a bar near you. <laughs> All right, my man. Well, I, I usually finish these things off with last words for the people. This could be words to live by, something you heard a long time ago, maybe a mantra that you wake up with every day, or just whatever pops into your head at this moment in time. Shad's story. Give the last words for the people you don't pay hookers for sex you pay them to leave well there you have it party people shad story what a cool dude i mean that guy is is yeah i i know if you go to a shad story show you're gonna get a show you're gonna get a good show uh, you know like a storytellers type show uh, you know whether it be 50 people or 50,000 people you're gonna get a good shad story good country music and maybe a little a little something else yeah you, you know if he likes Kendrick Lamar you you might uh, throw a little countryfied version of humble <laughs> stay humble <laughs> no, that's fantastic, man. It's it's good to have a well-rounded uh well-rounded rounded musical tastes cuz that all filters in, you know, good experiences. Hey, if you're homeless on the streets of Nashville, but you know how to play guitar, hey, you can you can stay stay fed and maybe keep a roof over your head uh from time to time. So homeless 
is uh, different levels of homeless. You could you could be homeless and have a job, and um, but it's just uh, the fact that you you are unhoused, and uh, that's tough, man. Uh, uh, but those experiences do get reflected in the songs. Chad Story writes. But now, I mean, hey, things have changed over the last year. He's made a complete, you know, like a big change in his life. It's going to reflect the way he plays his music, sings his music, writes his songs. You're you're going to get a whole nother a whole nother era of Shad Story, and that's fantastic. Ever forward, keep it going, do great things. Thank you so much, Shad Story, for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. That's it for this edition. Now, if you, yes, you, my loyal listener, if you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email keysdan at aol.com. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. It's keysdanradiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Follow Keys Dan on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of keysdan.com. Follow Radio What's on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of RadioWhat's.com. The music you want is on. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at keys dan leave what makes you famous podcast a review and subscribe listen to what makes you famous podcast on podbean itunes youtube stitcher google podcast and spotify and almost anywhere you find podcasts tell your story on my podcast what makes you famous call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time you can support what makes you famous using the paypal link paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keysdan.com. thank you for listening Radio What, the music you want, with some great Great quotes. The average man who does not know what to do with his life wants another one which will last forever. Anatole France. The music you want, RadioWhat.com.